Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Get ready for Mind Shock with Dr. Ron Dalrymple. The premier podcast in the world bringing you hidden truths about your mind's incredible powers. Get ready to free your mind. Welcome to Mind Shock, Dr. Ryan Dalrymple. The show will take you to the outer limits of your mind and to the inner limits, the true final frontier. Our theme for this show is Evolution of the Supermind. I began working at NASA at 17 years old, way back when, eons ago, when we put people in space, back in the early days of Space Frontier. And back then we called space the final frontier, the final frontier. But at 19 years old while at NASA, I mean, a discovery. I was taking a lot of physics and math classes, and then I started taking some psychology classes. I started to see correlations between math, physics, and psychology. It occurred to me that if the mind is an energy field that transcends the physical brain, the true final frontier is inner space, the exploration of the true powers of mind. So our mission on this show is to take you to the true outer limits of inner space. Think about that, the outer limits of inner space. Our motto for this show is Supermind, Superbody, and Super Spirit. In today's chaotic world, there's a revolution sweeping the globe about who we are and what we are doing here. A mind revolution that is changing everything. Whole new theories of mind that turn old science on its head. Old science is three dimensional. We get four dimensions when we have time. And it's limited to physical senses. We're developing now new models of science that Consider N dimensions as N, the letter N, approaches infinity. Today we have a great guest, Taylor Rochesi. Taylor, am I saying that right? Rochesi, yeah. Rochesi, great, great. We have a great new book called New 2020 Vision. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm very excited just from the intro to get going on the conversation. Well, that's great. We're, great to, we're glad to have you. I used to play basketball myself, not at your level, of course. I was kind of a... Uh, tall, gawky, uncoordinated kid, dribbling the ball on my foot. But I did try <laughs> way back then. But we, we often start by having you tell the audience about how you got started and so forth on, on this career path, which led to over the years to you writing this uh, fascinating book. How did it all start for you? Uh, well, the basketball started when I was about five years old. I always knew I wanted to be a basketball player and always had a passion for basketball, which is a, a, a total blessing because a lot of people are really searching for passion. And to, to have one, it is amazing. At the same time, you have to figure out a way to cultivate that, and you have to have goals, and you have to have dreams, and you have to work for it uh, real hard. So basketball has always been there since I was a kid. I uh, love team sports and just kept going. And I just finished my 12th season playing professionally overseas. Um, as I was tra- uh, traveling, I realized a lot of different truths from around the world. Uh, I call them truths because we believe them to be true, but then you 
you go to different cultures and different places and you realize that people have different truths in different uh, different places, different countries. And so I started developing a mindset that uh, it's not all about being right and it's about being open-minded and trying to figure out um, how to how to connect, really, in this world. And then well, my wife and I got pregnant with our daughter about four years ago, and I wanted to share some of my feelings with her. And so I ended up trying to write this letter to my daughter that maybe I'd give to her when she graduated high school, um, just so she could know how I felt, dreams and aspirations I had for her future, how to define herself in a, a world run by social media. And uh, those uh, those letters kind of turned into some paragraphs and turned into some chapters and turned into a book that came out in February. And now, that's kind of the origin of basketball in the book. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really great. You mentioned in your book that in childhood you had a lot of support from your family for your dreams and aspirations. I have to tell you, that's very unusual. I've been a psychologist for well, you know, many, many decades. You know, we often meet folks who went through the opposite experience in childhood, either having abuse or neglect, something of that nature, which affects them in some way, which kind of knocks them off course. You had a great blessing. You had two parents that really supported you. Please tell us about that. I think it's really great. Man, I'm I'm the luckiest guy ever. I'm trying to incorporate that into the way I raise it. My kids, uh, just communicational mm-hmm. habits, um, the ways of loving. Uh, my parents constantly ask, "Is there anything I can do for you?" Um, and there's a big difference between privileged and spoiled, and and a lot of other words that you could use for kids. But they always had a um, an altruistic mentality. They were always um, outgoing and and um, nurtured goals and beliefs. And I think that the biggest thing that uh, I've learned is a lot of people that didn't have that growing up, um, that can be used as inspiration to be that person for other people. And so um, a lot of times you can use your, your past as a motivator and inspiration moving forward, and it could be from a positive path or a negative path. Mm-hmm. That's really true. You can take the negativity. We often teach folks to learn from negativity, it's to work through the negative fixations and emotions first off, work on releasing those, and then take the good stuff from the past, take what you can learn from it, and try to release and resolve and let go of all the negative stuff. When you come from a childhood where you get double blessings on both sides, it truly is an amazing thing. I think it's so great that you've got that. And it's a great lesson because you can take that and basically conquer the world, you know, conquer your world with that kind of motivation. How do you see that? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, I joke around about this example, but even something as uh, crazy as someone walking up to me and telling me that they hate me and they don't like anything about me, um, mm. I can teach that as a lesson for my kids and just say, hey, these are communicational styles that, that are not good. These are not all-encompassing, and they're not loving, and they're not kind, and, and, and can use that as a positive motivator and as, as a positive lesson. So something as in-your-face as people – being as negative as they can, you can spin and use a positive filter on it and end up creating uh, inspiration and lessons from that. That's true. That's true. I think it's a really great way to approach it. Is look at the negatives and learn from that and understand that people are projecting onto us what exists inside of them. So it's not us at all that as we evoke that. It's their projection of what's inside of them, their negativity. They see a focal point they think to dump their stuff on, their junk on. So that's great. You can take that and use it as a lesson teach your kids. That's totally. great. Totally. Yeah. So, so uh, what would you tell somebody who went through a really abusive childhood or neglectful childhood? Um, I think that that goes in the realm of adversity. Well, the first thing I would tell them is that um, that I, I can't walk in anybody's shoes, so I'm not going to try to 
tell them, hey, this is this is how to get over it or this is how to not get over it. I think everybody has their own journey and, and really can open up their mind and, and find their own positive path and daily application. But I think adversity kind of goes in a big bubble. And I think when we reprogram our mind to understand that adversity is really what defines us in a positive way, it can reshape everything moving forward in such an optimistic way because a lot of people are watching, a lot of people are listening, something I've learned as a, as a dad that my kids are watching and listening. And if I have a, just an okay, everyday type of experience, um, the inspiration they can take from that is not on a huge scale, uh, I guess you could say. And when you go through adversity, it really is your chance to inspire and your chance to shine. Um, there's a powerful quote that says, be the light that helps others see. A lot of people are dealing with adversity. A lot of people are dealing with pain, and they're looking for that source of inspiration. So any time that you have adversity, either from your past or that you're going through right now, there's people watching, and use that as your strength and define yourself and become the, the hero in your own movie, I guess you could say. And I think the second part of that, uh, I talked a little bit about it in the book, when you have holes from your past, um, Sometimes it's it's easier to identify that there are holes, and once you identify that you have holes, then you can choose to fill them with what you'd like to fill them with. Um, and I think that's positive because you're, you're future-focused and you're moving forward and you're saying, hey, I do have these holes, so let me make a cognitive effort to fill them with something positive that brings joy into my life moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Just take adversity and build something positive from it, fill the holes up from the past, and also... Traveling the world the way you did, and still do, I guess, I think it's really great. So I went to, after college, I went overseas. I was working at NASA because I stayed there for a you know, lifetime career, and uh, it was a great place to work. So that high idealism, also profound pragmatism. I think you also expressed that in your book, High Idealism, the very pragmatic way you practice and work to become a great basketball player. When I went overseas after college, I traveled the world in a lot of different countries and experienced the same thing you did. You meet people, folks from all over the world, and each person, each culture, each nation has their own mindset, their own consolation of thought, which is different from us in some ways, but also very similar to all people. We all share a lot in common. And so in diversity, there's also a great commonality connection between us. What I saw from that was the fact that we're all connected to each other, probably to a higher source as well. I was really fascinated by the fact that if you go each country and you try to talk to people in their own language, for example, there's an instant connection. Even though you might blunder in how you say things, but you're trying to connect with them, then they try to connect with you. About being a basketball player going to this culture is, of course, you can look up at you as a sports star and then approach you with some kind of uh, an image in their mind. How did you, you experience that in different countries? What's it like for you in different countries, different cultures, going in there and being a well-known guy? How do people treat you? What are some examples of that? I think, I think it's, a, it's a unique thing where I like to lead with kindness. So um, whatever room I'm walking into, whatever uh, court I'm walking into, I'm trying to lead with kindness. And, and people are going to be have a whole bunch of different ideas. I've gone to cultures that are very skeptical of uh, foreign players coming in. I've gone to cultures that are very open-minded and very excited uh, for foreign players coming in. So when you lead with kindness, you can really reshape the way that people think about you. You might, you might be stepping into something where the last, Ten foreigners that have played for this team in this country, they've all been not great guys. So people aren't really meeting you with open arms. And I think the best thing you can do is realize who you are when you walk into each situation and be less um, influenced by the, the exterior. I mean, obviously, in your intro, you talk a lot about the internal 
affecting the external and trying to find, you know, how how the, the, the vastness of the space that you can internally. And so I think that when you broaden your mind and really become confident with who you are as a person, you can step into each uh, each country and each community with great confidence and, and really flourish and um, and learn something from each each place instead of kind of playing defense. Exactly, exactly. She's not playing offense, defense, just kind of observing, absorbing what's going on and being very positive and projecting that. Are there any examples you can think of where you're hit by some massive negativity in certain cultures? Can you give some specific examples of that? Um, I, 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 think, I think I've been, I've been pretty fortunate um, in the places that I've gone, and I've tried to choose some places that are pretty open-minded. Um, at the same time, I've lived in a lot of different places, um, and you're going to feel certain sort of ways, uh, just depending on what's going on. I've been in different countries when we have elections going on. I've been in different mm-hmm. countries when we have um, mass shootings going on, a lot of things that, you know, you're having to justify uh, where you're from and what you're about. And uh, people like to generalize and they like to stereotype. And I think the hardest thing traveling is realizing that um, just as we need to open our minds, everybody should open their minds and realize that each individual is their own entity and, and to not generalize them in a group. So it's hard to break through stereotypes for the most part saying, hey, this is an American, this is the way he is. This is an athlete, this is the way he is. This is a man, this is the way he's supposed to act, all that kind of stuff. And so um, I think that the generalizations are a tough thing. And, again, like when you know who you are, you're walking into each room with confidence. Your confidence builds character. Your character is inspiring, and you just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think it's Paul said. When I was in different countries, I was really surprised. That was my first time overseas right after college. I was kind of shocked by how some folks would generalize. So you're an American, and therefore... You're an ugly American, and Americans are really ugly businessmen. They're very greedy and all this stuff. They're very violent. And I was stunned. that was stunned me several times. I mean, what are you talking about? And that's, you know, that's the media projecting illusions to you, right? Selling with fear. You mentioned books selling with fear and whatnot, which media does, of course. That, like you just said, well, individuals don't judge us. We're not going to judge you. You know, so have open minds to connect as people. It sounds like you sound now that's the same thing, right? No, absolutely. I mean, you, you said it perfectly. Where. Um, you know the the old saying, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. But you have to you have to be the light. You know, you have to give people an alternative because they have their truth and they read stuff in their textbooks and they had their parents or grandparents teaching them things. And so you have to be an alternative truth. And hopefully, your alternative truth is one of positivity, one of kindness, one of um, like we talked about the just being open minded. And just as you're going around trying to learn, everybody ultimately is trying to be inspired and trying to learn. If, you, if you're rooted in kindness and, and you actually care for the other person, pick up on that real fast, and that energy definitely carries on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, like you said, be yourself, be the truth, live your own truth, project that to people, project that kindness, be open to them, try to communicate with them, try to connect with them, then realize you're just a human being. You're not some stereotype, you're not some illusion, you're not some image. And I also found that from country to country, this kind of surprised me first, is that every country I went to, I went to quite a few the first trip overseas, I went to Europe for like six months, even hitchhiked around, but not back in those days, which I would never do these days. But every country I went to, each person told me that they lived in the greatest country in the world. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're raised in America. We're told America's the greatest country in the world. But, of course, every person is told that in their country by the media, by the society. So that's also an interesting shift as well. So a lot of it comes from the media, from the governments, from the institutions, which brainwashes people or conditions them to think in certain ways. You mentioned your book also, The Social Media. There's a profound influence 
on how people are, are taught to think and taught to feel and also drives their behavior. And that's profound influence these days. How do you feel about that? Well, well, first, you know, the way the media covers stuff is, is pretty incredible. I was in Russia during the Olympics, and, and Russia and certain countries portrayed the Olympics um, in one way, and America portrayed them in a different way. Um, I've been out there during war times. Uh, America portrays the war in one way. And, and so even little little things like that, which aren't even so little, uh, play a profound um, role in the, the way that we're programmed and the way that our mind works. And it's pretty crazy because when I'm overseas, I'm not watching American news all the time. And then when I come back, people are like, you know, can you believe this? And I was like, hey, I haven't even heard about that. So it's just like different places either have or haven't even heard certain information based off of what – you know, you're being told and what you're listening to. So that's a huge thing in itself. And the second thing is social media loves to portray uh, two very unique sides, really exciting, flashy happiness, and then a lot of fear-based sides. A lot of people are trying to get clicks. They're trying to get comments. They're trying to get likes. So they're portraying things based on what they think their audience will connect with or, or what their audience will even just click on. So it has to be based on fear. It has to be based on craziness and excitement and something really scary because many people won't click if it just looks mundane and looks normal and average. And so that plays a huge effect on people's minds because most of our lives, the daily life, the 95% of our life is pretty average, pretty mundane, and that, that can be a positive thing. That can be a routine. That can be time spent with family. And then people are looking at the social media, and they're seeing all this excitement. And they're like, hey, man, all that excitement's happening, but I'm not doing that. So there must be something wrong with me. And that's definitely not the case. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Uh, you mentioned also in your book, and I've read it elsewhere, that a lot of folks spend, a lot of kids spend like nine hours per day on social media. So living in the virtual world as opposed to the real world, you can walk to like a waiting room or any place these days, like an airport or whatever, walk into a room, everybody like looks down to avoid social contact and looks at their phones, right, stay on their phones and not talk to each other. It's a way to avoid. So you have a society cut off from each other more and more, socially isolated, and tuned into the virtual world. They can be, you know, brainwashed or influenced to think and feel certain ways or buy certain products, be tracked, to be whatever. So it's having profound influence upon our culture in any profound ways. I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think that when things are going great, we reach out. We, we're enjoying calling people. We're enjoying posting mm-hmm. on our social media. We're enjoying uh, getting excited. It, it motivates you to go do stuff. And when things are not going good, we're not posting. We're not reaching out. And we are becoming more isolated. So I think the biggest thing, you know, that you're kind of hitting on is connection. You know, we're missing that connection. And my my wife is uh, just finishing a vacation right now, and they're in a place that has like a minor lockdown. And so some places that have music during the day aren't allowed to play their music during the day, and they're not really allowed to have any kind of club scene. And it was funny because we joked around. I was like, so you guys actually have to talk to each other. You know, you can't just listen to music, and whoever you're with, you got to talk to each other. So, like, She's like, oh, it's such a weird experience. I was like, well, that's kind of the, the window into everything, where it's just like when people are seeing each other, they're like, wait a minute, i got to take my headphones out. i, I got to communicate. I have to look somebody in the eye. I have to create contact with a handshake, with a hug. And so people were missing during the pandemic were just like, man, I received some of the biggest bear hugs I've ever received in my entire life after the pandemic because people need to connect. They need to feel one another on a very real way. Exactly. I think you're exactly right. You know, we're all human beings. We all connect to energy. We found, you know, experimentally that the children being raised, for example, need a lot of social contact, a lot of, a lot of being held, need to feel the warmth, the energy of other human beings. They're fairly important to their psychological development. And without that, 
people do tend to self-isolate more and withdraw, and that can develop a lot of psychological problems. And it happens from childhood especially. But adults also, they all need human contact, social contact, and this thing needs to end to be over with. We need to move forward and work on creating a much better world, a connected world. You prefer that in your book, connecting the world up at a higher level. And these kinds of experiences show people the need connection. We need to build back a better world. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think I think uh, we're building habits, right? We're just building habits, building habits, building habits. And I think right now, this new generation, their habit is to look down. That's a very, very powerful habit to develop where it's just like, okay, even between um, TV episodes. By the way, we don't watch commercials anymore because that takes too long. So in between TV episodes, you know, we skip the intro and then – well, when they're doing like a recap of something, we look down on our phones. Like every time we have a pause in life, we kind of look down. And so it's a huge metaphor for kind of what's going on in life. We have to look up. We have to seek more. We have to look forward as opposed to look down because we want to generate this incredible optimistic future. But it's tough as we keep looking down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Looking down and avoiding condition. Constantly look for whatever on the internet. Where there's all kinds of opportunities of things you can look into, read, study, whatever. Like you said, look at YouTube, whatever dramatic that's being created. So yeah, it really, really is a change in the world how it's worked, and with the social isolation from the pandemic, and the social isolation from the virtual influence. Rest folks are now learning to connect up back with each other in very, very powerful ways. And we'll come back to that in a few moments. And folks, we're here today. Rock Essie and his fascinating book, The New 2020 Vision, about his career as a uh, world-famous basketball player, traveling the world and whatnot, going in and out of different cultures. Really an amazing type of career, I think, to experience different cultures and people and languages. Fascinating way to live and to learn and grow and so forth. He created a great book out of this. And we'll talk when we come back about other aspects of his book, like reprogramming the mind, how to speak your Desire people to exist. It's really fascinating concepts, which we often cover on this show, and you just hit the nail right on, on the head. So, folks, Dr. Ryan Dowrymple on Mind Shock. And you know, we'll be back in a few minutes with more sponsors. Be right back. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks, lots of quality, and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. 
Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery, a powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Remember, Positive Impacts, www.healthylife.net. Welcome back. That's Ron Dalrymple and Mind Shock. Here we have Taylor Marchesi, basketball player, international fame, wrote a great book called The New 2020 Vision. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Great to be here. Great, great, great. Welcome back. I wanted to start off this segment by talking to you about making your book How to Speak Your Desired Future into Existence. Please tell our audience more about that. How do you see that? Oh, man. There, there are so many things that we can be doing to speak speak our the our desired reality into becoming our reality so um first thing is we love to complain um we're complainers by nature so as a basketball player i come home and i talk about every day i'm tired uh, my legs hurt this hurts that hurts uh, my coach doesn't understand me uh nobody understands me we do a lot of complaining during the day the first thing we can do is cut out that complaining in our life and when we cut out the complaining it's really eye-opening. It's a little bit scary because there's a lot of empty space in our thoughts and in our words and in our habits and our communicational habits that we have to figure out what we're going to fill it with. And so we have to fill it with positivity. If we can make that a choice to fill it with positivity, um, it starts with the way we have small talk because a lot of people ask us, hey, how, how are things going? We're just like, oh, they're okay, can't complain. No, you know, not great, not bad, whatever. We have this, we have this really terrible way of communicating small talk. And now, since we're communicating less with one another and reaching out less than we used to, the small talk is kind of taking over, and it creates this mediocre life. It creates a life that, yeah, things are great, but you know, got this going on, or can't complain. So, if you change your small talk, you can really stimulate your mind and speak positivity into your world by talking about the things that are exciting, by talking about what you're optimistic about. 2020 was really tough because we, could, we, we couldn't really plan anymore. COVID kind of, we were waiting by the TV and waiting by the radio, and we're like, okay, when is the world going to tell us we can go back to the world that we want to go to? And we can't plan things. We don't know when things are going to be open. So speaking positivity into existence is really talking about the things you can control, talking about, and, and opening up and communicating with people in such an exciting, positive way that isn't just, yeah, things are going okay, and trying to connect to them uh, uh, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think it's really true. You need to learn to be more flexible in the fact that the world change or rules change for a while, and they're still somewhat up and down wherever, depending on where you are in the world. But the rules all change, so we had to learn, you had to learn to be flexible, how to deal with the situation and go with it, not be 
not so far, of course, that you give up, get the press, went up. The left folks did give up and get the press. I mean, suicide alley went up, very unfortunate. Opioid use, overdoses, alcoholism, violence, domestic violence, all these things really boomed around the world horrifically. And so, unfortunately, a lot of folks had negative reactions to it. So what you're saying is very true is have a positive reaction to stress or changes or adversity, find a positive and also create a flexible mindset we speak into the situation, very positive thoughts and feelings, speak with purpose, as you said in your book, and create new and positive habits for yourself and for other people to help lift them up. But if they say to you, you them back, which tries to lift them up, not pulls them back down, but if you indulge self-pity, of course, we do that as well. We pull them down with us. And that's a huge mistake folks make, indulging negative thoughts are often underlain by self-pity. How do you see that? Well, firstly, I think what you seek is what you're going to find. So. Um, people will love to go down that route with you. If you're looking for sympathy, you're going to find it. If you're looking for empathy, you're going to find it. Because people like to connect over that. It's another uh, form of complaining that's become so natural in our communicational habits. So if you seek something else like happiness and joy, you're also going to find that. There's positivity, you're going to find that. And what you're going to realize is life is happening for you. It's not happening to you or against you. And so one of the things I mentioned in the book is, Life is full of things I get to do. It's not full of things I have to do. So if you wake up every morning and say, hey, there's a bunch of things I get to do today, that will change your whole mindset because a lot of things were taken away from us during this pandemic and we weren't allowed to do them. So we realize that even the simple things that we normally complain about are really great things that we get to do every day. And then we get to figure out how we experience those and we can choose how we interact with everything that we see, how we interact with the people that we encounter, and we get to make those choices throughout the day. Mm-hmm. That's really true. The life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. The opportunities are there for you all the time. If we see that, if we don't self-pity and beating up on ourselves and so forth, like one study found years ago that the average person thinks and speaks about 95% negative thoughts and words per day, 95%. Also, the average person speaks about 50,000 words per day. They figure 47,500 are negative. So a very small percentage are positive. But if you turn that around and focus on a positive instead and create that, understand that every day is for you, not against you. It changes everything. Like you said, when you speak those positive words and think positive, we attract to you positive people and positive reactions. Because many people are more or less neutral. What you throw at them, they're going to throw it back at you and reflect it back and mirror it back to you in some way. I'm sure you've seen that. Absolutely, man. Uh, I think I call it soul communication. It's the most important conversation that's happening, Uh, and it's happening every single second. It's happening Mm -hmm. in your mind, and you have to be your biggest fan. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to support yourself because it definitely starts uh, from the internal, 100%. Mm -hmm. I think it's true. When you really do believe in yourself and see a great power inside you, in fact, you said some things which reminiscent of a really great writer a number of years ago, Dr. Joseph Murphy. You might read his book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Really powerful, powerful stuff, which he wrote back in 63. He passed away in 81. Well, that's, that's been a, he's a bestseller for years around the world about how to program your thoughts, how to program your inner mind. You think positive like that all the time and take a positive of all things. You know that all things are for your good. You change everything. Whatever comes at you during the day, you always see the good in that. So if it's a challenge to overcome, what can I learn from this? I think overcome is to create something positive out of it and not be held back by it. Folks that think negative do the opposite. You know, it always happens to me, just my luck, for me, and so on and so forth. So they, they trap themselves in a constellation of delusional thinking and negative emotion, which is hard to break out of. 
which is depression, anxiety, all sorts of disorders. So it's very important to positively think and see positive in all things and in all people and see the higher power inside of them, other people, as well as inside of yourself. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think I think you kind of met, what, what what I like to think about is the Eeyore um, Eeyore syndrome. You know, you have the Winnie the Pooh Eeyore syndrome that you know, oh nobody likes me, that kind of thing. And then yeah. you mentioned that positivity. Man, that's that's a lot of the book is, is creating that positive filter that no matter what comes in from the external, it goes through your processing as a, as a human, and it it creates positivity on the other end, no matter what. And the interesting thing about all that's happening is the positivity and negativity, they don't happen in a vacuum. So when you're happy, it's not because no negative things are, are happening around the world. It just means that your mind is focused on the positive things at that moment. And when you're feeling down or feeling sad, it's not because no positivity is happening in the world. There's a lot of great things going on, but your mind is just focused on what that negative is. And once you realize that there are so many positive things happening at all times. You can reshift and do the best uh, to best of your ability and create triggers and create different mindsets and things that can help you focus back on that positive because it is still happening no matter what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. I like the way you talk about in the book the concept of positive filtering where you take every situation and you try to draw the positive out of it that being pulled down by the negative stuff or whatever try to see the positive in all things and understand that positive things are happening all the time. There are negative things happening too, but we don't have to recognize that or be pulled down by that. Instead, see the good in all things and the good in all people, which can lift them up and also totally changes the energy of the situation. It's your energy. It helps your health and well-being. helps other people as well to lift them up. The folks are here today, Terry Testing and his great book, The 2020 Vision, The New 2020 Vision, about some fascinating experience they had around the world playing basketball and in different cultures. I think it's really a great experience to travel the world. You know, I, I learned after college that truly the best education was what the English used to call touring the continent. They go through the university there, and the real Kaplan education was touring the continent where you really learn about life and other people and other cultures. So, folks, be back in a couple minutes from our sponsor, a couple words from our sponsors. Hang in there, we'll be right back. Here's a fun, stimulating program that can teach you how to develop your own powers of creation. It uses a three-part mind, stimulating approach to get you to develop your own creative thinking. It will help you create a powerful self-image and helps you see how you can take creative action. You'll develop your thinking power and your skills, and you can do this in eight days. Get Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, Eight Days to Creative Power, on Amazon.com. Overcome your problems with this step-by-step guide. So get Eight Days to Creative Power on Amazon.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. A complete mind development course. The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You were taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. 
Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Well, folks, welcome back. Dr. Ron Dalrymple and Mind Shock. Here we have Taylor Ruchesi and his great book, The New 2020 Vision. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Okay, very great. Great. I want to start the segment with talking about in your book. You refer to the idea of reprogramming the mind, and a lot of the things, a lot of the issues you spoke about, referring myself really fascinating. Let's let's please tell you audience about that. Well, there's there's so many different and uh, amazing ways that we can reprogram our, our mind. And again, everybody is uh, authentic and unique in their own perspective. Uh, respective. So for them to find their path and their journey is, is number one, and you seek inspiration other people like the book that I wrote to try to bring that out of you. But reprogramming has so many different ways that you can look at it. One of the most amazing things I like to talk about is um, that we're living for a 5% uh, of our life. Uh, we're living for these promotions. We're living for these Friday nights uh, with friends. We're living for these small moments that kind of comprise about 5% of your life. And one way to reprogram your mind is to understand that the 95% is what uh, is where your life is, is the little small interactions that you have. Um, being able to wake up and have morning routines or nightly routines, the people that you see on a daily basis, the people that you work with, family, friends, and those small moments when you create the joy and happiness from those moments and you enrich those moments in your life, you create more meaning than your 95% instead of focusing on that five. Right. That's exactly right. I think it's really, really true. So the idea is to focus on being happy now. In fact, there's some other guys on the show talk about that. A lot of folks are stuck in that pattern. We're trained in a pattern that if you do certain things in life, then you can have certain things like, you know, material uh, possessions, whatever, which will then make you be happy. So their, their routine is do, have, be. So if it doesn't work, a lot of folks can slave themselves away for, for a lifetime. Hard work, 80 hours a week, 9,800 hours a week, a professional world or Wall Street, whatever, businesses will work like their own businesses will work that way, but never quite feel they're happy because they're so stuck in those routines. So the idea is to flip to being happy right now, right here where you are, attitude of gratitude, focus on a positive, change the whole way of thinking, so that you be, be happy now, then what you do is very different, which helps you have things that are really beautiful, which flow from a state of mind of being happy in the first place. How do you see that? Absolutely. I think, I think when people think of happiness, uh, they think of success. Um, and so one of the best things we can do to reprogram our mind is to understand that uh, I like to say I'm on the pursuit of success through happiness. I'm not on the pursuit of happiness through success. And so people are focused on that end game. People are like, I'm working, I'm trying to get that promotion or whatever it might be, and they're working on an end game and not realizing 
that the success is happening in your happiness and is happening here and now. It's happening in the progress. It's happening in the effort. It's happening in the kindness. Mm-hmm. It's happening in the inspiration that you that you bring. Everything like little transitions in life. So you reprogram to understand that um, when you transition in and out of a room, when you transition in and out of someone's life, when you transition to and from work, uh, to and from your home, you leave a lasting impression. And when you realize that that impression can inspire uh, a very positive, happy life that cultivates a lot of joy, that can be amazing and bring a lot of happiness into your life. And so when you leave the house, something as simple as leaving the house, you leave the house with a lot of love, whatever, whatever you're leaving there, even if it's a pet. You leave the house with a lot of love, and then you have that love waiting for you when you return because you leave that lasting impression. So reprogramming your daily world to understand that positivity can grow and joy can be cultivated at any moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's really true. Just focus on the positive. You know, learn to be happy now, right here, right where you are, to create the attitude of gratitude, grateful for everything you've got right here. That then attracts more things to you to be grateful for. Now, a happy mindset, as you mentioned, will project very positive energy to other people, which then lifts them up, lifts you up, and it draws back to you opportunities, situations. Like, for example, you talked about when you're trying to look at different contracts, you know, for the next coming year, how do you figure which contract to accept? So you think of the pros and cons, which ones will work the best, which ones will make you and your family happy, which ones will be best for you, which will be the best for which you experience, experiences, and also lift up your career and also provide for your family. You know, so that's really a powerful way to look at it in terms of decision-making. How do you see that? Well, decision-making is huge, and a lot of people do write those lists and the pros and cons. And I think what people need to understand about uh, those decisions and those choices are when you do make that choice, in your mind, do the best that you can to eliminate those cons. If you if you continue to look at that board, the, the, the board of pros and cons after you've made the choice, then you'll kind of, and when things aren't going good, you'll look at all those cons and you'll think of all the things that are being taken away from your life or things that you could have had on the other side, and that brings a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of doubt. As soon as you make that choice, it's almost like you rip up that sheet of cons. It doesn't mean they don't exist. It doesn't mean you won't have hard times, but it does mean, hey, I'm going to focus on all the, all the positive things that my choices have brought to my life instead of the negative, for sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you made the decision. You say, so if I made the decision, I'm going in this direction, I'm going to make this work, get all the energy I can to make it work, and not stay stuck in the past on the original decision, which led me down this pathway. Now, if it turns out to be a pathway filled with all kinds of negativity and whatnot and so forth, it might be the wrong path, well, then we might have to reboot, but we don't condemn ourselves or tear ourselves apart. We just simply look at what's happening and we recreate the situation. But most times you take all the things being thrown at you and somehow create positively out of it to make it work for you. Like you're in another country, which is different to you totally, different culture, different language, and the folks react to you differently. They're going to take shifting your mindset to make the best out of it, and also for your family, too. I mean, say your wife is from France? Yes. Okay, so El Paul Francais, huh? I'm too, I'm too, yeah. And Vous parlez Francais aussi, huh? Yeah. That's why I couldn't resist that. I took a lot of French in school. I was in France for quite a while. I love French. It's really great. But it's a great thing to go to different worlds and cultures and just, again, shift that mindset, absorb that culture, because you learn so much from that, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just um, um, every, every when you wake up and just have something written down, I'm going to try to learn today. You know, just write, write that down and just look at it every morning. I'm going to learn. I woke up this morning and I have two words that I, that I start every morning with, and it's thank you. And so that's my, that's my goal. 
Um, so my kids usually wake me up, and it's usually earlier than I want it to be. And I've told myself the first two words I'm going to say are thank you, no matter what. And so when I hear that cry, the first thing I say is thank you. And I have to figure out reasons why I'm saying that word and be authentic in it and, and realize that if I seek out different reasons to be thankful, they're all around me. And there's definitely things I can refocus in and give myself that perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's great for today. Thank you. Know, thankful for the day. Thank the higher power. Thankful for the blessings you have. Well, you're thankful for the fact you got these beautiful kids, beautiful wife, you're traveling the world, you got a beautiful family, great things are happening, a great career. You focus on the positive and go forward with that. Folks, we're here today. Taylor Chessie and Fascinating Books in the 2020 Vision. Taylor, please tell our audience where they can find more about, they can get your book and learn more about you. Well, uh, all the social media handles usually wrap around my name, Taylor Rochester, or at T. Rochester. The best thing to do is go to, hopefully you have a link, because my last name is pronounced differently in every country and misspelled differently in every country, but taylorrochester.com is the best place to go. You can check out things that I'm doing, check out the book, check out speaking stuff coming up in the future, and uh, just stay connected. So uh, I love the connections that I can make with people through that, so taylorrochester.com. Well, that's very great. Yeah, I, I hear that part about your name being mispronounced. One time I was in high school playing basketball, they referred to me as Ron Daphne Mole. Not Darren, <laughs> they called me. I got 10 points, man. Big game, 10 points. You're going to be Daphne Mole. I'm a Daphne Mole. <laughs> what I, what I love is I, I, have, I have trophies from when I was a kid, and, it's, and yeah. they misspelled it because they thought that I misspelled my name when I wrote down my name. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'll tell you too much, right? But anyway, that's the way you look. Well, great having you on the show. Thanks a lot. Congratulations on your book and your career and your great experiences traveling the world. I'm sure you have more books coming in the future, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so, especially if I go back out to China. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Keep writing those books. That's great. Great work. Well, thanks a lot. Great having you here. It's a pleasure to meet nice. you. I'm sure thanks you thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Take care now. Okay, bye-bye. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything. And once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love. And you can do that and get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and click on rock.com now.
Quantum Field Psychology, Second Edition, is an astounding book on the new theory of mind. It is the first unified field theory that incorporates the influence of the mind and emotion on physical reality, the universe, and even other minds. It actually integrates all modern psychology with quantum physics, mathematics, Western, and Eastern spiritual beliefs. It's the true bridge between science and spirituality. Get your copy of Quantum Field Psychology, Second Edition, by Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Amazon.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net Back, Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Mind Shock. You spoke to Taylor Ochesi, international basketball player. You just wrote a great book called The New 2020 Vision about his experiences traveling the world and how he got into basketball. And it really amazes me that he said he came from a childhood where both his parents gave him lots of positive reinforcement and encouragement and help to find himself, to find his career, and do what was good for him. And this is really an amazing thing because. So many families we've seen over the years, I've been a psychologist for I mean, over 40 years, and I should admit that that is true. I've seen tens of thousands of people. What we usually find is if they come from childhoods where either one parent, maybe both parents, have all kinds of issues and problems and whatnot, and the kids are not treated in such a wonderful way, they're often abused verbally, emotionally, physically, or whatever, or neglected, or all of the above. So the kids come out of it often kind of knocked off course, you might think of like the minus and energy field we often talk about, and think about it as like a gyroscope spinning around based on a lot of thoughts and emotions which hold it in place, and those are knocked off course, kind of destabilizes that gyroscope, so it gets off kilter, it doesn't work right, it doesn't spin right, it wobbles in the wrong direction, it causes all kinds of problems in a person's life. You're thinking from a childhood, which is different from that, you got lots of positive reinforcement, encouragement, whatnot, which really help to nourish his personality. He didn't understand he could do anything he wanted to in life. He just had to focus on it and really practice and try hard. So what he did was he visualized what he wanted to make happen, and he spoke power into it. And this reveals a technique referred to by Dr. Joseph Murphy in his book, The Power of Subconscious Mind. We also refer to it in The Inner Manager, one of our books, and also another book called Quantum Field Psychology. But when you visualize certain things you want to make happen, a lot of emotional, very positive emotional energy into it, like love, harmony, joy and so forth, then you speak it forth with great power. You command it forth. You help make it manifest and exist. There should be something good you're trying to make happen. When you speak forth that truth, your truth, in a positive way, which will help you look up other people, and it's much more likely to manifest for you. So what he did as a kid growing up is a great example of how to help help children, help how to raise children, or also if you're teaching school, for example, and how to treat your kids, you know, lots of positive reinforcement, plus direction, you give them some restrictions, of course, placed on behavior, so you always give them lots of positive enforcement. Very kids, we love you unconditionally, pardon me, always, but this behavior has to change. You never tell a kid, oh, you're a bad kid. You know, back in the old days, parents would do that, trying to motivate kids with negatives, like, you're a bad kid, you did this, that, and the other, well, that's the wrong thing. That, that conditions a child to think about themselves in a negative way, have negative self-esteem and negative self-image, which hurts them in lots of ways and will cause them a lot of problems later in life until they learn to reboot all that and reprogram all that. But that's very important to give them unconditional positive regard and love at all times. But give them boundaries, say, well, you know, we love you unconditionally all the time, but 
this behavior needs to change here. So you focus on the behavior. That then encourages them, lifts them up, and helps them change and guide their behavior, which helps them then succeed in what they're doing. Now, in playing sports, he did the same thing. He focused on what he needed to change as he studied basketball and practiced it, worked on different routines, studied other teams, other players. He learned how to do all the different skills and whatnot over the years, starting at the age of five. That's the time to start when you're very, very young. So you develop that, and you develop these neuromuscular connections to really help you develop into that field. So it's good when kids start young, like think about, for example, Eric Clapton. I like to often uh, think about his example. He went through a horribly neglectful childhood. His mother left him, basically threw him away. He was born. He was born out of wedlock. He talks about this in his film called uh, Clapton and Eight Bars. Really, really a brilliant film. A little bit depressing, but this poor guy went through a terrible childhood. was neglected, raised by his grandparents. You find out that there was grandparents, not his parents, until he was much older. But his grandmother bought him a guitar at the age of 13 when he turned 13. So he was so depressed and all kinds of emotions and whatnot, negative emotions. He played all the time to release his emotions. Started studying the blues. He's, he's playing like 12, 13 hours a day. Think about this. He got really obsessed with it to express his emotions, let it out as his outlet. Couldn't really express things verbally. Didn't know how to. So he did through music. And by the age of 15, he started playing the band. Even then, he was really pretty amazing. People were stunned at how good he was. And by 17 years old, he was world famous. He's playing with John Mayle and the Blues Breakers. They're writing all over London, clapping as God. This guy's 17 years old. He was so good. It was astounding because he'd already practiced some 10,000 hours. So it's important out that if you practice something for 10,000 hours, you often develop expertise at it at a very high level. This is also what Taylor did. He practiced basketball very intently for a long period of time and became very expert at it. And it's something to encourage kids with whatever they want to do. It wants something positive, of course, to encourage them, give them structure, give them focus, help them develop in those areas. So they develop into very successful, happy, balanced human beings, which we all can be. We all have great powers inside us to make incredible things happen. But the external world at times can be very negative. And Taylor talks about positive filtering, which is a great concept, and also soul communication. You look at situations and try to yourself express your truth, be authentic, and also filter out situations where you always focus on the positive. You don't focus on the negative aspects of the situation, but always on the positive aspects, try to draw the very best out of it and out of yourself to make positive things happen. These are really great lessons for life. He goes through a lot of examples of how to reprogram the mind for certain problems like depression, anxiety, pity, feeling alone, so forth, feeling like a failure. It's very important to condition those out and reprogram to very positive thoughts and positive feelings. So you recondition, we recondition our minds gradually. It takes time. You can't do it overnight. It takes time to look at each instance that pops up. A lot of these subroutines or algorithms are built into the mind going back many years. We make the early childhood, we're conditioned to think and feel in negative ways about ourselves, about life, about others. And those delusions, because they are false beliefs, delusions are false beliefs, they hold us back and program us to fail or blunder when in fact we don't need to at all. Just learn what we're doing and stop that process, halt that process when we catch it. So you what's called thought stopping. We stop thinking the negative thoughts, replace every negative thought with two or three or four positive thoughts, and then even like repeat the positive thoughts over and over. You have to, to really sort of lodge into your mind so they become habits. And also with emotions. You feel yourself feeling negative emotions, you might process that well, where's it coming from, what's going on, you don't want to block and deny it, so you process the truth, let it kind of flow through you, but then shift back to very positive emotions, joy, harmony, peace, and love, and so forth, you want to stay focused on those emotions as best you can. They keep you in a much higher frequency of mind, which you dwell upon, you're going to create in your life much more adroitly. So the concept is be happy and do things.
things that express that happiness is unless you have things, you manifest things in life, which are a reflection of the being and the doing. That's a cycle which a number of folks have talked about on this show, which we talk about also in quantum field cycle, the idea of quantum field psychology is to create a theory which integrated all the major theories of psychology together and expressed them in terms of math and physics. Don't worry about that. You don't have to get into all that. We put it into our film also, The Endless Question, which tries to make it easy and down to earth that, you know, we all have this power inside us. It also ties to Nikolai Tesla's work. We interviewed a lot of folks around the world. Know that the mind is an energy field which transcends the physical brain. Once you understand that, you can program that energy field to make great successes happen for you in life, improve your health, lift yourself up, and help you create great things in life. Our other book, The Inner Manager, is about the guy goes on a journey and life discovers his inner powers. A brilliant woman takes him through his exercise, a number of exercises to raise up his consciousness to a higher level in this pyramid of consciousness. And one of the books, Eight Days of Creative Power, says tap into these creative ideas, how to tap into your creativity, which you all have, which are cognitive, affective, or emotional, and behavioral skills. And another book we have is I Love You, God, had a focus on the aphorisms that tune you into the spiritual ideas. Our new book coming out is called Mind Games People Play, which will be released soon, which is a real mind blower. So what you face in the business world and the social world in terms of the mind games around you, the people play upon us and the games we play upon ourselves. They'll be released soon, folks. Mind games people play. Mind games we all play without realizing. So anyway, stay tuned next week. We've got a lot of great guests coming up on Mind Shock. Dr. Ron Darnipple signing off for now. Thanks for being here. We love you all. Take care. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. God bless.